this tremendous man of God with us tonight. I felt, at least from my perspective, an immediate kinship with Brother Davis. I love men of God. I love preachers. My father and mother raised us. Amen. As far as we knew, every preacher was great. And every saint was wonderful. And you live long enough. I'll leave it there. But I appreciate this good man of God and all of these brethren who have preached. I want Brother Davis to come. We don't have any time constraints. Amen. We don't have any shackles on this pulpit. We don't have any binds. Whatever God has said and spoke to him and laid upon his heart for this service, I want him to come and without reservation deliver his heart and soul and the word of God to us. We've heard a lot of preaching. How many is ready to hear some more right now? Let's lift our hands and from our hearts worship the Lord as Brother Davis comes. generous as you can uh, home I like it fry me a little bit so and with uh, what I have struggled with for the last five or six weeks I'll probably need all the monitor and all the volume uh, it's terrible to try to preach a message and nobody be able to hear it it's good to be here please be seated I want to just say how honored I am to be here and when I see this great pastor that the Lord has put in this flock uh, at this time and uh, all of the accolades that he has given and how he handles this I think of one word and all I can say is class this man is a tremendous man and it was certainly a great day in my life when our paths crossed and we are excited about what the Lord is doing with Brother Sister Morgan and their family and uh, certainly we are honored to be here tonight and all this great preaching, and we're almost almost uh, saturated. Uh, you know, you had uh, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday afternoon. You've got five in just a few hours. And uh, sometimes the uh, mind can only absorb as much as the seat can endure. And uh, so I am not under any illusions tonight. And uh, I am just honored to be here, to be on this lineup. And every time, I, I promise, this is not feigned humility. This is just, I, I is what I is, okay? Um, I heard Brother Dunlap uh, the other night and then heard him again today. And I just said, Lord, I wished I could do it like that. And then I heard Brother Alviar last night. I don't know how many times I prayed, God, I wished I could preach like that. And then I heard Brother Phillips today, and I said, Lord, I'd like to preach like that. And, uh, man, but I guess I'm, my intelligence level is not high enough to preach that way. 
and uh, they have certainly every one of these messages have blessed me immensely and uh, more than once I have wept before the Lord and uh, rejoiced in what the Lord has done and I have sought the Lord uh, earlier this morning and then again this afternoon seeking after God to make sure that I had what he'd have and and that kind of scares me because uh, I don't really have a conference message. I just have a little Bible study. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that just to be saying it. That's, I was teaching Sunday morning and the Holy Ghost was moving and the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to deliver that to sulfur. So I don't have any way to impress you. But I do have direction, and I am just happy to be here. And uh, all of you that are here that have been faithful, all the ministering brethren that are here, I salute you. I respect you. It's good to see Brother and Sister Sisler here tonight. These are evangelists out of our church that were such an integral part of the work of God there. Uh, said uh, many things, was over our youth for a number of years, and we put him over the Sunday school department. And I'm telling you, I have not been able to replace him. These folks are awesome. And not only are they awesome uh, administrators and uh, they work the altars, they teach Bible studies, they have the work of God in heart. And uh, it's good to see you, brother, sister. I'm proud of you. Thank God for what you're doing. And uh, may God just uh, continue to open doors. And uh, one day the Lord let him land somewhere. And I pray that all the guys that we're raising up in our church, I told all of them, I said, I hope they pastor a lot bigger churches than I do so when I get ready to retire I can preach for all the big guys <laughs> so uh, God bless brother and sister sister you know I'm at the place now uh, I'm trying to get these butterflies in formation right now it, it's still it's still it's still that way after 40 years of preaching it's still that way um, but uh, I got to thinking I, I, I'm a man without an identity because for most of my younger life I was James Davis's son and now when I come south, I'm Brother Sister's pastor. I don't know if I have an identity or not. But uh, anyway, God bless all these pastors. And I'd like to call all of you by name. And uh, here in this congregation tonight, back in the back, uh, is uh, a gentleman that taught me in Sunday school. Whenever uh, my father was assisting in Jackson, Mississippi, a number of years ago. And uh, Brother Glover told me he was going to be here tonight. And uh, even told me if he could find a seat up here, he'd sit up here and preach me on. I think we could find him one if he wants to come. And uh, thank God for, thank God for good saints. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Amen. Thank God. And for, let me just say this while I'm minding my manners. Thank you for the wonderful, comfortable room. The air condition works, and I like it. Now, I don't know what I did last night, but I have not got it to do that today. I had the thermostat all the way to 60, and it won't go but 65. But it went to 60 last night, and thank God I slept wonderful. Amen. And uh, so I appreciate that. The basket that finally arrived, uh, when I got to my room, it wasn't in there. When I came back, I was not feeling well on Wednesday. And I came in, and the lady at the desk, she said, Are you Mr. Davis? I said, I think. And uh, she said, I have something for you. 
She said, I, I apologize. We had put it in the wrong room. And uh, a gentleman came. He said, I'm a Hilton, Hilton Platinum member. But he said, I knew they didn't put those things in the room. And he said, then when I saw Mr. Davis or, or Reverend Davis on it, he said, I knew it wasn't mine. So up my part of the world, they don't turn them in. They eat them. Southern hospitality. Amen. Thank you for that bag. And I've already enjoyed uh, some of the things in there. And what I don't enjoy, I'm going to take home to my grandkids and let them eat it. And uh, what's not perishable or breakable or meltable. <laughs> if it melts, I better eat it before I get on the plane. <laughs> Amen. And that good food last night and all the food you've been feeding me. Dear Lord, I got stretch marks on my belt already. It's terrible. But uh, I told the chef last night, I said, uh, after all these years, it's, uh, I finally found somebody that cooked gumbo just like my wife last night. Now, Papados can't touch it. There's a special formula. When my wife and I first got married, we went and preached for Brother and Sister Inslee in Monroe, Louisiana. We hadn't been married but just a few months. And there was a lady from Lake Charles that came up and was, uh, was brewing that, and she taught my wife how to cook it, so it must be the Lake Charles brand. But I'm telling you, the gumbo that my wife fixed, if you get any on your forehead, your tongue will beat your brains out. It is that good. And uh, whew, praise God. Amen. I wouldn't mind a little bowl of that about right now. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, it's good to be here, and uh, how many are going to help me preach tonight? I certainly want to try to be a blessing. Amen. Thank you, Brother uh, Morgan, and uh, I salute your father, uh, Brother Elder Brother Morgan and Sister Morgan. God bless you. I'm so glad I got to meet you, and uh, certainly you have two great sons. And uh, I was in Cleveland, Georgia here sometime this century. I don't remember when, but we were there and uh, had a great time with them, and then now I get to be here, and, and uh, I, still, uh, I still wonder how I get all these invitations. I promise you. Uh, I didn't say it last night at the minister's meeting, but uh, my wife told me, she said, why don't you just say no? And I said, I told God years ago that whatever he wanted me to do, I'd do it. And it's just hard to say no when you know that God's called you to do something. And uh, I remember three or four weeks ago, we were in Beijing, and uh, my wife woke up one morning, I was sitting on the floor, and I was weeping. And she said, are you all right? And I said, I never dreamed this would ever happen to me. God has been good to us. And to get, let me meet all these great preachers and, and uh, be all over the country was always my dream. I just never thought it'd come to pass. <clears throat> with uh, the encouragement of Brother Phillips, my dear friend. Amen. And with others, here we are tonight, praise God, in a wonderful, holy place. And I'm just glad to be here. Praise God. I saw a bottle of water over here, and I brought the one back. It looked like it had been sipped on. I thought that was Brother Phillips, and I did not want to drink it because I didn't want to lose my hair. So I did not... He 
said this morning, any color hair is beautiful. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I love Brother Phillips and Sister Phillips very much. They've blessed us many, many times. Praise God. All right, if you'd stand for the reading of the word of the Lord, we'll try to get serious here. I see you have a clock here in this uh, pulpit here. I don't know what time uh, Casa Ole quits. But the way I've been feeling and been feeding around here, I don't know if I need any Casa Ole. Amen. <clears throat> but I love foreign missions, Mexican, Chinese, Japanese, Italian. They even like home missions, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> just like it all. I'm a preacher. Praise God. Praise God. Brother, sister, don't do this. This is not the way you do it, okay? I'm, this is Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23. Praise the Lord. Amen. I pray that God will help me deliver my soul tonight. <clears throat> Matthew 23 and 15, and if you're nimble and find it before others, we'll also go to the 8th chapter of the book of John. Praise God. I might even take just a pinch more monitor, uh, if you don't mind. I don't want to break everybody else out, but you know, we spend about $20,000 on sound equipment. It's terrible not to use it, you know what I'm saying? I'd rather buy you a hundred, uh, five hundred dollar speaker than to have a twenty thousand dollar hernia surgery. You understand? I think that's kind of in order here. All right, Matthew chapter twenty-three in your Bibles. Amen. That's good. That's good. Whew. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Woo! The spirit of joy is taking over here tonight. This is great. <laughs> May not be any preaching after all. <laughs> Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 15. And if you're there, say praise the Lord. Praise Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you can pass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. John chapter 8. Really, it's going to sound a little heavier than I intend for it to be, but it is what it is. John chapter 8, verse 42. You're going to turn me loose today and just let me feel after the Lord? Praise God. John chapter 8, verse 42. And Jesus said unto them, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came forth from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. Amen. Just for a little while tonight, if the good Lord of heaven will help me, <clears throat> I want to talk to you on this little simple subject, the children of hell. The children of hell. Jesus, I need you to help me. Would you anoint my mind that I may think your thoughts and loose my lips and tongue that I may speak your word. 
Would you give us ears to hear what the Holy Ghost would say? I bind every spirit of hell in the name of Jesus, and I loose the power of the Holy Ghost. Breathe on us, O Lord, that day of Pentecost wind. Blow out the stale and breathe in the fresh. And when it's all said and done, we'll be careful to give you all the credit, the glory, the honor, for you are worthy of all things. In Jesus' wonderful, holy, and resplendent name we pray. In Jesus' name. Lift your hands to the Lord. Let's worship the Lord right now and ask God to speak His word to our heart. You're great and you're greatly to be praised. Bible said, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. God. You may be seated. I come across the story some time ago, and uh, I would like to read it to you in the beginning. And uh, this man said, on my recent trip to Haiti, I heard a Haitian pastor illustrate to his congregation the need for total commitment. And this was the parable. A certain man wanted to sell his house for $2,000. Another man wanted very badly to buy it, but because he was poor, he couldn't afford the full price. After much bargaining, the owner agreed to sell the house for half of the original price with just one stipulation, that he would retain ownership of one small nail protruding from just over the front door. After several years, the original owner wanted the house back, but the new owner was unwilling to sell. So the first owner went out and found the carcass of a dead dog and hung it from the nail that he still owned. Soon the house became unlivable, and the family was forced to sell the house to the owner of the nail. The Haitian pastor's conclusion was, if we leave the devil with even one small peg in our life, he will return to hang the rotting garbage on it, making it unfit for God's habitation. Praise God. I believe there's a real need for complete and total commitment in the year that we are living in now and the years that shall follow should the Lord tarry his coming. This is no time for a half-baked, compromised message or church. This is a time for God's church to stand up and shine as the grand lighthouse that God has commanded it to be. Praise God. These are the greatest days of the church. The greatest possibilities exist in the hour that we live in. Let me just uh, mention to you very quickly, and again, I'm just going to kind of plod through this, and it doesn't mean because I call it a Bible study that you have to sit there like a bunch of Baptists and, and fall asleep. Amen. I believe the Holy Ghost can move right in the middle of anything. When he gets good and ready, he can move, and I don't even have to finish this message. Hallelujah. This is apostolic Pentecostal, is it not? 
I still believe that when the man of God preaches, it's just like it was in Cornelius' house. When Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. Oh, fall on a sweet holy power of God. Praise God. In the book of Ephesians chapter 6, let me remind you that what we are up against tonight is not just, uh, just an ordinary uh, political system or even flesh and blood as we would know it. Sometimes we think, well, we're just battling and just uh, this personality is clashing with that personality. There's a whole lot more involved in the hour that we live in now that we must be aware of. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are in a war against hell tonight. Hell does not want First Pentecostal Church to have revival. Hell does not want you to have the victory. Hell does not want you to be a prayer warrior. But we don't care what the devil don't allow. We're going to have revival anyhow. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And as I plow on through this tonight, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. Somebody shout mighty through God. We have the power of the Holy Ghost, and it's mighty through God. There is no devil that can stop the church. There's no power of hell that can thwart the work of God. When God's church get in the cadence of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Miracles, signs, wonders, and people receiving the glorious gift of the Holy Ghost should be something that happens on a continual basis. It's the will of God. It is the will of God. <laughs> Praise God. And then he followed on. But you see here, casting down strongholds. We talk about strongholds. And I'm going to talk a little bit about strongholds in just a little bit. He said, casting down imaginations. Everybody say imaginations. It's very important what you think. It's very important what goes through the cranial cap. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought to the obedience of the Word of God. If what you're thinking contradicts the Word of God, you've got to cast it down. Some of our strongest battles in the church is not just the pure devil, but the thoughts that go through people's minds. I don't feel like doing that. I don't think I have to listen to that. I cast it down in the name of Jesus Christ. I bring it under the authority of the Word of God. Woo, hallelujah. If it's a lie, call it a lie. If it's false doctrine, call it false doctrine. If it's worldliness, call it worldliness. Woo, but cast down imagination. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Praise the Lord. Praise God. 
may be seated. The devil doesn't want a church here in this area. He does not like it. Matter of fact, he likes compromising churches. Matter of fact, he probably doesn't even visit them anymore because he already has them. But he looks at this church right here, and he looks at the lighthouse right here, and he would like to shut the doors of this church. I said he would like to, but the Bible said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. God's church is a revival organism. It's mandated to move forward. Amen. You may be seated. Now, John chapter 10, verse 10 me and our dear friend, Brother uh, Lambeth, was uh, talking a little bit, and uh, he even mentioned some of this here last week. Brother Alvin and I were in Virginia last week, and, uh, and he mentioned this scripture, The thief hath cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And uh, I got to looking at that. This is the goal, the threefold goal of hell, to, uh, to steal and to take what not is what not legitimately his, and then to kill it to uh, kill and destroy its power and its influence. But you see, he didn't just want to steal the church. He wants to kill the church. But even when he steals the church and he kills the church, he still has the residual to deal with. So he has to destroy. The devil is not satisfied until he destroys the ember of God's church in the earth. But that will never happen. Because God's church will prevail. So it starts off. He will not steal one service. He will not steal one day of victory from me. He will not destroy my dream. He will not destroy my passion. He will not destroy my faith. It will live. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We don't have a lot of time to develop all of that. And uh, if we were in a two-hour Bible study, we'd develop all of that. But that's, see, that's kind of how it is. The devil comes in to steal. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And I know that if I seek him, I will find him. If I ask, I shall receive. If I seek, I shall find. And if I knock, it shall be open unto me. That's why when I come to the house of God, I come looking for a miracle. I come looking for somebody to get the Holy Ghost. I come looking for the Spirit of God to move. We cannot afford the luxury of one dead service. Praise God. Might want to turn it up just a little bit, but I don't think they heard what I just said. I said, we cannot afford the luxury of one dead service. He will not get a foothold in the church. He will not slow down and impede our progress. But we will preach the word. We'll be instant in season and out of season to reprove, to rebuke, and to exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Praise God. Let's worship the Lord together. Oh, help us, Lord. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. 
Praise. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Praise God. Somebody's going to get some victory around here tonight. Somebody, we're going to break something here in the name of Jesus. Not because I'm anything, but I've come to you with a word from the Holy Ghost tonight. Praise God. Pushing on forward. The devil is a liar in Jesus' name. Praise God. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Praise God. He wants to destroy, to eradicate, and to replace. He wants to take the truth-bearing church and turn it into a compromising center. He wants to take the authority out of the pulpit and put passive, permissive, panty-wasted preachers in the pulpit that are more interested in politics and more interested in fame and fortune than they are to deliver the straight, unadulterated Word of God. Praise God. Thank God we got preachers in here tonight that will not bend, that will not bow, and they will not capitulate. They will say, hear ye the word of the Lord. You've got to preach it with power and authority. To do less is not to preach the truth. That's not about right. That's totally right. Woo, hallelujah. may be seated. If you cease to preach the truth as the only truth, the only truth that God gave to the preacher and to the church to deliver, when you begin to say it's just a great idea in the marketplace of ideas, you have prostituted the truth and you have taken away the responsibility of response. That's why passive preaching gets no results because it doesn't demand anything from anybody. Let your preacher preach. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. Preach it with authority. Preach it with authority. It's the only plan of salvation. There is no other name. Glory to God. Shake hands with your neighbor and say, there is no other gospel. <laughs> Praise God. Whew, I wished I had all my volume and all my voice here, but I'm just going to have to do what I got to do here. Praise God. Whew, hallelujah. I feel like preaching anyhow. Whether I get it done or not, I feel like preaching anyhow. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. The man of God's got to get up and he's got to deliver the word of God. I don't know if I said it in the minister's uh, session the other night, but I'm going to say it again here tonight. If I did, just, just uh, we're going to learn by repetition. You see, it's the same authority that to cast out devils, the same authority that lays hands on the sick, the same authority that sees miracles, the same authority that's in the pulpit that said, this is how this church is going to live. Amen. The same saying, the same saying said, you're not bringing that television in this house. Is the same authority that said, come out of him, you devil. You cannot have one without the other. Praise God. The church has the authority of God on it, and we must deliver. The devil wants to destroy that authority. He wants to make it a passive organism to where we look around and we don't want to offend anybody. Brother, you better hope you offend the devil. The devil never better feel comfortable on the pew. The fornicator should never feel comfortable in the church. Adulterer should never feel comfortable in the church. Homosexual should not feel comfortable in the church. 
Praise God. Praise God. Still the truth. Still the truth. Amen. You may be seated. I got to hurry on because I could just pound on that for a long time. Hallelujah. We're on Tacoma time right now. It's only 7 (laughs) o'clock. Praise God. Praise God. Brother Dunlap, you got your Bible? He'll give me a little little break here if you'll read some scripture for me. Amen. And Brother uh, brother, uh, Morgan can read some in here in just a moment. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And then, uh, uh, Brother Morgan, if you don't mind getting from me, uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Praise God. If you want to write it down, you can. Praise the Lord. Woo! Let's enjoy this little Baptist Bible study right here, huh? Hey. All right, Matthew chapter 12. Let's read it here. Verse 43. Amen. Praise the Lord. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and findeth none. Okay, hold it right there. Walketh through dry places. That's why you can't afford the luxury of one dead service. That's right. Dead services produce devils. The devil loves dead church. Well, I'm glad some of you are on my side here tonight. You want your kids to get the Holy Ghost? You want your cancer to be healed? Then we better have a move of God. We've got to have a move of God. Praise God. We don't want the devil marching around looking through here. Amen. People backslide when you got dead church. People walk out on God. People commit sin whenever they have dead church. Brother, it's hard to sin when you're full of the Holy Ghost. But it's hard to desire a cigarette whenever you're dancing and talking in tongues. It's hard to think about adultery when you're shouting and running the aisles and thinking about how good God's been. But when you get a, got, a, got a dead church, there's all kind of corruption that comes in the front door. We do not have the option to have dead church. Now notice this, notice this, notice this. Verse number 44. Then he saith. Okay, this is the unclean spirit that's gone out because there's, there's been a reformation here. The, used, the devil used to live in this house. Now he's not there anymore. Now here's what, the, here's what the spirit said. I will return into my house. He said, I'll return into what? My house. He still claims it is his. He didn't live there. The devil never gave up hope on some of you backsliding. He's always hoped he could get his foot back in the door. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Woo, hallelujah. Read on, read on, read on. From whence I came out. Yes. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Woo, hallelujah. It's a holiness church, but it ain't got no spirit in it. Brother, your sleeves can be right and your hair can be right. But if you ain't got a move of God going in there, it can become a den of devils very fast. You hear me, sister? Your skirt may be right, but you may be full of the devil. It ain't how holy you look. It's how much victory you've got. Some of you don't want me to preach tonight, but I'm going to preach if it hair lips ever devil in Calcasieu County. Amen. He finds it swept and garnished. He's got the flowers. It looks really good. But it's empty on the inside. It's only a shell. 
All right, be seated, be seated, be seated. All right, read on, read on, read on. We got to hurry, got to hurry. We're going to be then here. Then go with he and take with him seven other spirits. Seven other spirits. Amen. Read on. More wicked than More himself. More wicked than himself. So when a backslider tells you, you know, what well, I'd like to come back to church, but it's so hard coming back to church. They are telling you the truth. Because the spirit that pulled them out, now when they start coming back, there's seven more pulling on them. That's why if there's anybody here tonight and you're playing with backsliding, you're an idiot. I'm sorry, I'm not in my own pulpit. You are foolish. You are foolish. You think it's hard to live for God now? Wait till you got eight devils pulling you back out. You know what you need to do? You need to get your hands in the air and get you a renewing in the Holy Ghost. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. You hear me, devil? I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to put my feet on the God's table and I'm going to get renewed in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> well, glory to God. Praise God. He said, I'm going to take seven other spirits more wicked than himself and enter in and dwell there. He wants to dwell there because he wants to kill steal and destroy as long as there's a semblance of what it used to be then somebody's going to say well I remember what it used to be yeah. Amen. and thank God for the memories of the brush arbor thank God for the memories of Elder Verbal Bean and other great men of God that have passed on have given us a legacy that we can have the hallmark raised very high but you can't live on memories <laughs> praise God it's got to be more than, well, we saw a miracle 20 years ago. We had somebody get the Holy Ghost two years ago. Every service has got to be a move of God. Because the devil wants to get in and he wants to put devils on the pew. He wants to put children of hell on the pew. The Bible said they enter and dwell there and read on. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So he is showing a picture. Amen. You know the people that fight me the worst in Ohio? Not the Methodist. Come on. Not the Baptist. Come on. Amen. Come on, tell it. Not even the Catholics. I get great respect. I walk in the post office. I've been in my little town of 5,000 for 26 years. And, uh, and we, we've gone through a lot of people. We've knocked doors. Everybody knows who you are. We've got flyers passed out now. It's got my wife and my picture on there. Everywhere I go, they know who I am. Come on. I mean, I couldn't smoke on the side if I wanted to. Everybody knows who I is. <laughs> I couldn't go stand in Walmart and watch television because I don't have one in the home because everybody knows what I am. Amen. When I go on vacation, I still don't watch television. And when I go to relatives' house and don't have the Holy Ghost, I still don't watch television. Woo! Hallelujah! That's free. That's free right there. Praise God. Amen. You walk around there and the devil wants to destroy that image. And he wants to take away because he wants to get back in. Amen. And, and just let me just say this to you, and, and you've got to understand, this is not a battle of flesh and blood. That's right. 
the people that hate us the most, this is what I was on just a moment ago, and I almost got sidetracked there just a bit, are the apostate apostolics. The ones who used to preach a standard but don't preach it anymore. The ones that used to live holy but they don't live holy no more. They hate truth tabernacle. They hate it with a passion. They tell lies about it. Matter of fact, you may be seated. I had a backsider come back to God some time ago. And they were telling me. And just, 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 God help us here. But anyway, trying to be real careful. I don't want to be caustic or cruel uh, or anything else. I guess I shouldn't try to change my character in front of everybody anyhow. <laughs> but uh, they came to me and they said, Pastor. They said, uh, and we have a number of backsliders. I'm going to tell you, they have gone worse than the world. They, they are so wicked that I would not even want to describe to you what they get involved in. And they were in a drug party. Every one of them used to run the aisles. And I'm not going to tell you everything where they were involved in. And they were high. And one of them said, we need to gather ourselves together and pray that God would take Pastor Davis out so we can get our church back. Now think about that. They're high on drugs. They're involved in excessive immorality. They used to run the aisles and shout in church, and now they're full of the devil. Somebody came in years ago and run the devils out of the church. You better thank God you've got men of God, and you've had men of God for 60 years that kept running the devils out the front door. That's why you're still shouting and talking in tongues. That's why you still have an appreciation of the Acts 2.38 one God message. <laughs> Praise God. They didn't own it. I know Elder Sher told me years ago, whenever I went to uh, Wheelersburg, he said uh, some years ago, and prior to my coming, there was uh, a, a great scourge of immorality that came through the church. And when I took the church there, it was uh, everything but what I want. Everything I preached against was sitting on the pews. They weren't even holding us in the broom closet. <laughs> they were homosexuals. The man leading the choir was in adultery. Everybody had a television. Everybody had, drink, had uh, rings and jewelry. Women came in on Sunday morning with beads and pantsuits. And they voted me in. <laughs> Talking about miracles. Oh, God. He told me, he said, you're going to clean this church out, son. What Brother Elder Share prophesied. You're going to clean this church out. He said, but he said, you're going to have to keep it clean because the Spirit's going to try to keep coming back. And just because you conquered the devil ten years ago don't mean you've conquered him once and for all. I come against some of those swathy preachers that said, we don't need to preach like we used to preach anymore. You're a false prophet. I don't mean to be, uh, but I feel this on my hair. Praise God. Louisiana's a seedbed of some old apostolic revival. And the devil hates it. He does not want Louisiana to have revival. But thank God there's still men of God in this region that will not let up, back up, shut up, or give up. We're going to have a church. We're going to have a church. We're going to pray people through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're going to see signs, miracles, and wonders. Oh, yes, we are. 
may be seated. Amen. So the devil wants to get in. He wants to get back in. Everybody say, the enemy wants back in the church. You cannot let one inch open. You cannot leave one window unlocked. You cannot leave the screen door in the back unlocked. Because the devil wants to get back in. Praise God. Now, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'm not ready for that in just a minute, but I'm, we'll get to 4 in just a moment. He said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, despisers of those that are good, heady, traitors, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Little leechy spirits that you would not be able to detect unless God would give the insight. Because there are children that may even be here right now that you have disrespected your parents, but you look every inch the bit holy. All these things. And he said, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Denying also means that they affirm that it's not so. I don't believe in all that power. I don't believe in all that shouting. I don't believe in all those miracles. I don't believe it's like it used to be in the olden days. Spirits. Y'all don't want me to preach here. Uh, do you? Some of you come in here tonight with a spirit of depression leached on your soul. You claim the Holy Ghost, but you got depression on you. There might even be folks here that's on Zoloft and Prozac. Mind-altering drugs. No wonder you don't feel like worshiping God. You are a perpetual zombie. You can't cry. You can't get happy. You're a perpetual zombie. You don't need a pill. You need a refilling of the Holy Ghost. You don't need a psychiatric drug. You need the touch of God back in your life. Somebody's going to get help around. Somebody's going to get help around here tonight. Somebody's going to get deliverance around here tonight. Woo, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. If I say praise the Lord. Amen. Then it goes and said, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. And I believe the verse right before that said, silly women laid captive, going from house to house. We got some of that around here now. Praise God. Hey, sister. Let me tell you what that, what that hillbilly preacher was a preaching the other night. Can you imagine? Got spirit on them. I don't find devils under every rock and I don't look behind every bush to find devils. But there are some people that are driven with a spirit of hell on them. Because they are pulling back what God's trying to do. 
I'm sorry, folks. I feel like preaching now. We're going to have some preaching up in here now. We need to hit that spirit right between the eyes. We need a Holy Ghost deliverance service. Praise God. Amen. Before we get to uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, Brother Dunlap, Hebrews chapter number 4. Praise God. You don't mind reading that for me? Chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Mm, God. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost on me. <laughs> I didn't feel like preaching an hour ago, but I feel like preaching right now. I feel like, whoo, I feel like leaping over a wall and running through a troop. I feel a great chapter is about ready to be written at First Pentecostal Church in Sulphur. Woo! I can almost hear the chariot wheels of a great glorious revival coming down the road. The devil's a liar in Jesus' name. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Be seated, be seated. You know how we deal with all this stuff now? With all this rebellion and all this, all this, uh, uh, you know, uh, false doctrine, all that. You know, how the, you know how they do it now? We use psychology now. You know, you, you're a good man. You're a good man. I know me and you don't see eye to eye, but I'm so glad you're here. You're just a good man. Just, just hang around here. He don't need to be patted on the back. He needs somebody to help him get rid of that spirit that's hanging on him. That's dragging him to hell. You can sit on a pew and go to hell. Praise God. Man, I don't feel nothing. I don't feel Oh, bless your heart, little sweet Susie. You just keep on coming now. You know, it's all right. I know you get offended real easy, but you know, we're so glad you're here and all that. No, no, no. They need something to happen to them. The devil's trying to set up camp, and if he can get him two or three, he can build him a stronghold in a church and shut revival down cold. You hear me, saints? They don't need sympathy. They need victory. I said they don't need sympathy. They need victory. So, they try to lift up their hands and, and those spirits are pulling them down. They try to get shout and they can't get that leg off Maybe seated. Can't get to church 30 minutes early for prayer, but they can wait an hour and a half at the restaurant. Get them some crawfish. Whew, hallelujah. Like that one brother one time is going to that old all-you-can-eat crawfish boil. One of these places here, I'll leave him nameless. Pulling his big car up in there, maybe in Steamboat Bills or something. And he pulled up and there was all you can eat. He looked over at his evangelist. He says, Bubba, he said, there's a bunch of crawfish fitting to have a bad day. <laughs> Whew, I hope there's a bunch of devils about having a bit, getting ready to have a bad day. Because we're going to identify some of those spirits. And the Holy Ghost is going to help somebody tonight. You're children of Abraham. You're not children of hell. 
Glory to God. Hebrews 4, 12. Let's read this. Now, now you've got to understand here that if we got all this stuff in here and it's dragging us down and we can't run the race because we've got all these weights that just so easy to beset us and we try to think faith and, and all these things are pulling us back down. So, well, I don't believe God can heal me because I got prayed for about 10 times. Well, let's go get prayed for 11 times. Aren't you glad Naaman didn't think that way? I've already dipped six times. I'm not dipping no more. Come on. Now I'm going to dip until I come up clean. I'm going to pray until I get what I need. I'm not just going to go away and say, well, God didn't heal me on the sixth time. I guess God's not in the healing business anymore. No, I'm going to keep on coming. The Greek says, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. You seek until you find. You ask until you get an answer. So I got all this here. You may be seated. Where am I going to get help here? I'm certainly not going to get help down here at the first charismatic church of the of the shrimp head or whatever. Or the crawfish. No, not going to happen over there. Not going to go down here to ABC Church and go because you know they they you know they got perverts up there singing and leading the music. They got harlots up there dancing around showing off. There's spirits in there about a mile thick. I don't need somebody to sing me down to victory. I need somebody to preach. I'm, I'm in my introduction here. I'm not going to get very far tonight, okay? Praise God. Shake hands with your neighbors. Let's pray that God will help him to hurry. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 4. Let's read those verses, Brother Dunlap. Thank you, friend. For the word of God is quick. It's quick. That means it's life-giving. And? Powerful. Powerful. And? And sharper than any two-edged sword. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts going in and cuts coming out. Piercing even to the dividing asunder it of soul. It divides asunder the soul and the spirit. spirit. And the joints and marrow. And the joint from the marrow. And is a discerner. And is a discerner. Of the thought. Of the thought. And the intent. And the intent. Of the heart. Of the heart. You know what your problem is? You need the preacher to come with his sword and start cutting some of them spirits off of you. You need him to say, that's wrong. You got a wrong spirit. You need victory. You don't need sympathy. You need a surgery to cut that off of you. You said, but that's going to hurt. It sure feels good when it quits hurting. Because now you get your hands up in the air. Now you can get your feet off the floor. Now you can talk in tongues. Now you've got genuine victory. Oh, give the Lord a hand clap. It divides the son of the soul and spirit and joint and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent. You know how the devil enters in? Casting down imagination. In between your ears. And you get to thinking all kind of things that ain't so. And isn't so. As you wish. Whew, hallelujah. Praise God. It takes the Word of God to come by. And begin to let you know that that's carnal thinking. That's hellish thinking. 
You need to be challenged when you're wrong. Not petted, not pampered, not made excuses over. You need to be preached to when you're wrong. And you better thank God you got a pastor that's got the grit and the gut to preach to you. Anybody can be a political panty waste, but it takes a real man of God to look you in the whites of the eye and say, repent or perish. Let's worship the Lord here just a minute. I love you, Jesus. Second Timothy, be seated, please. Thank you. Second Timothy chapter four, verses one through four. I charge thee therefore before God. Yes. And the Lord Jesus Christ, yes. who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing yes. and his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Preach the word. Preach. Halagos. Preach the word. Yeah. Now, we could say preach the scripture, but he didn't say preach scripton. I'm not trying to be ugly here. I know a little Greek and a little Hebrew. A little Greek runs a restaurant, a little Hebrew runs a clothing store. Amen. Yeah. But I have, you know, anyway, what, it is what it is. It is what it is. I, that little diploma that I got on the wall, I, I had to give two years of Greek. So I do know a little bit about here, but I'm not real smart. Amen. But I do know this. He didn't say scripton, and he didn't say rhema. He said lagos. The same word in John 1 and 1. In hearche halagos. In the beginning was the word. The thought, the concept, the idea. God's plan. Preacher, preach the mind of God. That's where we're different than Baptist folks, Brother Glover. They preach the scripture, but we preach the mind of God. I didn't come to you with a Hazelwood message. I didn't come to you with an online message. I came to you with something that God burned in my heart. And when it comes from God, it's a sword. And it starts cutting. All right, read on. Preach the word. Be instant in season. Yes. Out of season. Preach it when it feels good. Preach it when it don't feel good. And reprove. Reprove. Rebuke. Rebuke. Exhort. Exhort. With all long suffering. With all long suffering and and doctrine. If it don't have those four components in it, you didn't get preached to. Amen. Those political preachers get up there. You know, if you don't if you don't repent to some degree, you might be lost to some extent. Just don't want to offend nobody here. You know, such a good people right here. You know, we were certainly like, no, no, reprove, reprove. rebuke, yeah. and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Right. Every message from God has those components in it. Right. If it didn't, you just got a political speech. I believe I'm preaching to saints here tonight and preachers here tonight. You don't want to hear a political platform preaching. You don't want to hear about current events. You want to know what does God say to me? 
And if I'm wrong, I want to make it right. And if I don't have something right, I want somebody to tell me how to make it right. Amen. If you feel that way, clap your hands to the Lord. So as this, as this apostasy starts to build, how does it build? Read on in verse number 3. For the time will come. The time will come. When they will not endure sound doctrine. They will not endure sound doctrine. Children of hell. Yeah. Read on. But after their own lust. After their own desires. Lust here doesn't just mean immoral, but it could mean immoral, but it means it encompasses much more than that. Strong desires. Worldly desires. Yes. After their own desires. Shall they heap to themselves? Teachers, They're going to heap to themselves. Teachers. Having itching ears. Having itching ears. Osteens. Having itching ears. Yeah. T.D. Jakes. Having itching ears. Just got to have something new and improved to make you feel good where you can shout, shout, shout all night. But if you're ever going to be saved and get some of that demonic oppression out of your life, the man of God's got to preach the word. He's got to pull the sword out and cut some of that off of you. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. How did this happen? Because they had one of them spirits up on their shoulders. They said, you don't have to listen to that. Well, Uncle so-and-so goes to so-and-so's church and they don't believe that. So-and-so goes over to so-and-so's church and, and they don't preach against that. And they allow them to wear that. And they allow them to go here and there. You know what you need? That's in there. It's bringing confusion in your ear. You need a preacher to come up there and go, Splat! So instead of you sitting back there crying and sucking your thumb, wondering if you're right or not, he goes, Splat! Also go, Oh, glory to God, that's the truth! I can hear what the man of God's trying to tell me. Amen. Turn in the fables. You may be seated. Revelation 2 and 13, I am hurrying. Praise God. Starting to drag a little bit. Some of you are starting to hold back on here. You think I'm going to make something spooky out of this. It's all right. I've been here before. All right. So Revelation chapter 2, verse 13. Here's what he said. I know thy works and where thy dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. This is a church... That God has the star in his hand. It's one of the candlesticks. And Satan's got a seat there. Holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith, even those in days when Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you. Where Satan dwelleth. The devil always wants to get a door inside the church. It's going to get tight here before it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> How did the devil get a throne in the church? How did he lock revival out of the church? How did he make the church a den of thieves? One brick at a time. One dead service at a time. One carnal mind at a time.
Because the devil don't want, he don't want the first ABC church down the street. He wants first Pentecostal church. He don't want to shut up all the politicians. He wants to shut the mouths of real true men of God. He wants them to be more concerned about large crowds and conferences than he does about proclaiming what God's saying to the congregation. You better hope somebody always has the grit and the gut to preach what God says. Because that's what's going to cut you loose of all those ugly things the devil's trying to put on you. Praise God. All right, Bible study mode here. It's Satan's desire to enslave the church. It doesn't matter that a church exists. He wants to rule it. And he will never be satisfied until he can control the church. Until he builds a throne in the church. I've been to some churches that had all the potential in the world for revival. But it was locked up. There was a stronghold in that church. Takes three. Takes three. Amen. A number of years ago, I remember we were fighting something and there for a number of years, every service we had, we either baptized or prayed somebody through for, every, for years. And then all of a sudden, it dried up. We couldn't even buy a visitor. I mean, you couldn't even hand out coupons and get them to come. Service was dry. I was on my face. I'm banging my wall, my head on the floor. God, what's wrong with this church? What's wrong with this? God allowed me to know there's a stronghold here. Now, I remember one night before church, I was praying. I always, we have an hour pre-service prayer at home. And uh, I was there praying. And uh, uh, about a quarter after 7, we start at 7.30 on went midweek. About a quarter after 7, the church was praying good. And all of a sudden, it went, whoosh, and there was nothing. And I started talking in tongues and rebuking the devil. I know some folks don't believe in that. They think, well, what we need to do is just get a fast cart and get everybody just jumping up and down. No, you don't cast the devil out because you dance. There's some things that come out only by prayer and fasting. I said, God, show me who that is. Show it to me. Maybe seated. After church, the guys run the soundboard. Came to me and said, Pastor. He said, I was up in the sound booth praying. And he said, you know, that time when he said, when everybody stopped praying, it's just like there wasn't no prayer. I said, yeah. He said, I looked out the sound and thank God for good saints. Whew. Thank God for good saints. He said, I looked up over the rail and he said, there were three women walking in the door. They were people that were there before I came. And they didn't like my authority. But they wrote it for several years. He said, when that happened, they walked in. And I knew what it was. So I went to work on that. When we broke that stronghold, people started getting the Holy Ghost again. The last thing you need in your church is to have three or four people thinking stupid stuff. Children of hell that withstand the pulpit. I know I'm in the Holy Ghost and I'm going to preach this tonight. Woo. Praise God. It's not just the preacher's conviction. It's God's voice.
you could just see the devils that television spew out of them. The devils that video spews out of them. The devil can I I'm gonna make myself at home here. You sort this out. The devils that come out when you get to social networking, the devils that come out and connect you with reprobates and perverts. So you can see how many people are following you. We better pray on that one, huh? Come on, let's worship the Lord together. Oh, Jesus. God praise God do you feel the Holy Ghost here tonight? I feel the Holy Ghost somebody asked God for some direction and you're, gonna, you're getting it right now not because I'm anything I'm nothing I'm nothing I'm nothing I'm just, I'm, just a, I'm just a nice little country preacher trying to make a decent living in a cruel world I'm just really trying to be nice but I got to tell you the word of God Shake hands with your neighbor and say, we've got to hear the Word of God. We have got to hear the Word of God. May be seated. Immodesty are spiritual leeches. When you see a woman walk in here with a tight dress, it ain't because she's stylish. She's got the spirit of a whore on her. She wants attention. She's got a spirit on her. Stop trying to corner her and let her play the piano. I told you I'm going to preach like a hillbilly here tonight, but you're going to understand. You're going to know what I had to say. When little Johnny comes walking up there in his little old tight pants, his psychedelic socks you know he's got a spirit of a queer on him got his hair looking like he walked right out of San Francisco you know he's got a spirit of a queer on him he doesn't need sympathy he needs victory I don't care how much money he makes I don't care how nice he sings You see, you're feeling some victory because the sword's cutting right now. The swords are cutting right now. It's delivering somebody. It's turning the light on in somebody's heart. Maybe seated. That old spirit of worldliness. It gets in between your ears. It's a whole lot better. Elder McKillop said it last week. I'm going to quote him. I never thought of it this way, but it's absolutely true. He said, I'd rather have somebody fall in sin and love the truth and come back than for somebody to sit on the pew and have a love for the world. Because the Bible said, if you've got a love for the world, the love of the Father is not in you. 
If you don't love God, I don't care how hard the preacher preaches. You'll sit there and you'll be a child of hell. Judging, 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 casting down, networking. May I be seated. Praise God. He kind of went up and all of a sudden, yeah, I got my finger right on it right now. Don't mess with me, devil. I'll spit right between your eyes. Don't you mess with me. I come in defense of revival and a move of God and the gifts of the Spirit and the miraculous of the Holy Ghost. God's church in this end time world demands somebody stand up and preach and use the sword. I got to hurry. Time's running out. I don't have much time. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. We talked about all these different things, these little leeches that get on you. Someone said, well, I don't think, I don't think you can have a spirit leeching on you if you're full of the Holy Ghost. Well, let me explain something to you. I asked Elder Gary Howard last week. I said, can a person have a spirit of infirmity on them, have the Holy Ghost? He said, Absolutely. He said, because the spirit of infirmity doesn't attach itself to the soul, it attaches itself to the flesh. I said, I've always believed that because I remember back in 2004, you were there. Denise Collins came in. She had prayed back to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And she had a severe illness. And the doctors had given her up to die and she was in a wheelchair. And she was going out the next day to buy her grave plot. And she'd only been back in church about two weeks and it seemed such a shame that she wasn't going to be able to live her life for God. My wife and I interceded and prayed and groaned and moaned and cried and asked God as long as many others were praying about that. And Brother Dudley was preaching for us that night. And the Holy Ghost got to moving and several people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost before we got to the preaching. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Don't judge me. Just let me, just let me tell the story, okay? Somebody's already judged me, but just let me tell the story. Praise God. And the Holy Ghost told me, he said, go back and pray for Denise. So I walk back and she's in a wheelchair and she's all swole up. She was a little girl, a, a, a married lady with two children, teenage children. And, uh, and normally in her healthy state, she weighed about 110 pounds. She had about 25, 30 pounds of fluid. Her kidneys had not functioned in days. Her bowels had not functioned in two weeks. She was filled with toxic poison. Parts of her body were being shoved out. She was in extreme pain. And I walked back to her and I knelt down by her chair and I did what the Holy Ghost told me to do. Praise God. I still believe the Holy Ghost talks to his preachers. So when I don't believe it, that's why he don't talk to you because you don't believe it. You're too smart for God to talk to you. I'm sorry, brother, I forgot. I'm not in my own pulpit. But he told me to take my liberty and by the help and grace of God, I'm going to preach what I feel burning in my soul. You better never get too smart to do what God tells you to do. Maybe, see, maybe I'm just dumb enough to do what God told me to do. I think that's smart. And I walked back to her. And uh, I knelt beside her chair. Her wheelchair. 
Got to get everybody's attention here. And she's laid back there and she's all swollen up. And I said, Sister Denise, I said, you don't believe God's forgiven you. She said, no, Pastor, I don't. I've been so bad, I don't. I said, God gave you the Holy Ghost and you talked in tongues. I know, but it's just hard for me to believe. I said, Denise, you've got to believe God's forgiven you. You must believe He's forgiven you. She said, I, I want to, Pastor. Amen. I don't tell people what to pray, but that night I did. I said, Denise, you repeat after me. I said, say it. I said, Jesus. She said, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me of my sins. And she started crying. I said, say it again. Jesus. She said, I thank you. For, I said, say it one more time. She said, Jesus, I ask you, and I tell you that I'm so thankful that you've forgiven me of my sins. I threw my hand on her head. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command the spirit of infirmity to come off this woman. And up out of the chair she came running. She ran once. She ran twice. She ran three times. Is that right? By this time, everybody's going nuts. Everybody's going nuts. So I said, well, I'm going to have her to testify. I'm looking around. I can't find her. You may be seated. Please don't think I'm gross because I'm a hillbilly here. But after she run three times, she went to the restroom. Her bowels functioned. Her kidneys functioned. And when she come back, all the swelling was down. And I said, Sister Denise, how do you feel? She said, I don't have one pain in my okushata bahasa. You better believe a spirit can attach itself to your flesh. Come on, preacher, preach. Preacher, preach. Get the sword out. Cut these spirits off of me. Let's worship the Lord together. God, give us authority in the pulpit. And God, give us submission in the pew. God, give us authority in the pulpit. And God, give us submission in the pew. I said, God, give us authority in the pulpit and give us submission in the pew. Listen, folks, I'm on page 8 of 24, okay? I'm not going to preach at all. Just give me a couple of minutes. I'm going to land it real quick. Be seated. In the 8th verse of chapter 4, when talked about all these spirits, he said, he said, Nah, as Jannies and Jambres withstood Moses. That's what locks a church up. Preacher gets up and preaches. Hey, we're going to have a revival. And somebody said back here, they withstand the preacher. Well, I ain't seen it in 10 years. I don't think we're going to have it. Come on, preacher, draw the sword out and say, I come against unbelief. We will have revival. We will pay our sanctuary off. We will see signs, miracles, and wonders in the last day. Yes, we will. <laughs>